Hello and welcome to the DTC Leaders Podcast, a series brought to you by Commerce Centric. My name is Philip Driver, founder and CEO of Commerce Centric, the direct-to-consumer experts. And together with my guests, we will be deep diving the most important topics around direct-to-consumer and e-commerce. You will hear from the top leaders in their field on how they faced and overcame the big DTC challenges and their thoughts on the future of e-commerce. Learn what you need to stay ahead and to take your business direct-to-consumer. Hi, and welcome to another DTC Leaders podcast brought to you by Commerce Centric. Uh, today, we've got our very own Michael Fox, head of delivery for Commerce Centric, to come and talk to us about uh, going direct to consumer and how that unfolds from a project management delivery point of view and what are the considerations around that. Uh, Michael's got over 15 years international experience delivering direct to consumer projects for some of the world's biggest brands, actually. Um, huge knowledge on this subject matter area. Um, so I will let him give a little bit of uh, background to himself and then we can jump into a few questions about uh, how to approach DTC from that viewpoint. Um, so Michael, thank you for coming on. Uh, yeah, so if you can give us a little bit of background to some of the projects you've worked on and then we can jump into some questions. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Phil. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been in the industry now for about 15 years, um, right at the beginning of D2C, uh, before D2C became a, a popular talking point, um, I was working to help organizations realize the potential of that. And um, yeah, really at the beginning, it was uh, it was really a new thing. And, and I worked with some really good brands um, back in those days, worked with Canon, um, Ubisoft on the game side of things, um, on the software side of things, working with uh, Nuance and, and Microsoft. So some really good um, exposure to um, a lot of big companies um, and helping them deliver their D2C, but also manage all the complexities around that and, and manage that within their business uh, to deliver it in an effective way, um, working with people who, who may have you know, relied on traditional retail channels. Um, so a lot of experience there kind of helping those organizations navigate that complexity. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, you talked about some of those companies and those companies were doing it for the first time, perhaps for the first time in that industry as well. You, you kind of touched on that point that a lot of these were trailblazers in a way because they were talking quite a while ago before D2C, like say, became a, a popular term. So you've crossed a lot of the, uh, the bridges of problems already by uh, doing that, you know, some years ago and, um, and now obviously new companies are coming in. Um, but you've got that knowledge uh, of, of how not to do it as well from some of those companies, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, one of the challenges that was a problem back then and continues to be a problem today is that um, organizations that are going direct to consumer have to consider a lot more about their business than they would have con originally considered on a more traditional retail channel. Um, so yes, you know, having a, a great website that functions perfectly uh, to sell goods is, is fantastic, but there's a lot of things in the background, um, you know, tax compliance, payment methods, setup and configuration. There's a lot of legal things uh, that you need to consider. Um, you've got all the backend logistics, um, and and having gone through that journey with a lot of these uh, organisations, you really get a good understanding of of where those complexities lie. And as time goes on, then you work with more clients, you can bring those questions up um, front 
and help resolve those problems before they, you know, delay your project or cause problems. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's the biggest thing I think I've learned over over the years and and continue to help firms with uh, today as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you touched on some of the challenges there, but what what are the the, the key challenges brands face when delivering D two C solutions? Yeah, so first of all, um, if you are um, an organization that wants to sell globally, um, there's a lot of complexity involved with that, both from kind of a cultural aspect, um, presenting your product into those local markets, um, but then also, you know, some of the real um, legal and technical things you need to you need to try and resolve. So, for example, if you want to go to Brazil and you want to um, offer local payment methods, then there is paperwork that needs to be put in place to allow you to do that. And there's a particular business model that you need to follow. Um, so with that, a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that you need to consider in the delivery process and making sure that that's all handled up front. Um, so there's no delay to the actual solution uh, going out. And then also on the, the other side, you know, things like making sure your, your terms and conditions are, are um, on, the, on the site are compliant with, with local regulations. Um, so when you're delivering a project, you need to tie in uh, the, the legal stakeholders into that discussion. Um, conversations around tax compliance, you know, making sure that you're pulling those people into the project as well, the accountants, um, which you know, it, it sometimes often gets overlooked or doesn't have enough attention on. Um, and just aligning all of that as well. Um, I think with organizations that present um, a D2C model, um, there's a lot of, you know, there can sometimes be internal conflict about what each department wants to achieve. So legal may, you know, have a lot of reservations about how D2C is going to operate, uh, whereas marketing wants to get going with it and have a lot of ideas that they want to get into place. So a lot of it is actually about reconciling people as well. You know, you've got the technology, you've got the, the, the process, which is a lot often D2C, um, but, but the people as well is very important and making sure everyone's on the right page and they have the right vision, the right strategic vision for, for D2C. And what kind of approach then should brands take when they're starting to you know, test their D2C solutions? There's obviously a lot of stakeholders involved. So, you know, what, what should they do around that? Yeah, that's a good question. I, typically, when I deliver projects, um, I, I try and nail that down up front. Um, so in project delivery, you know, we talk a lot about um, responsibility matrices and, and racy um, matrices. Those are very important, um, actually, on the, the D2C side. Um, you have to know who the stakeholders are, um, but more importantly, who owns the decision to sign this off, um, this solution off. And, and they need to be engaged with on a regular basis. Um, but at the same time, you, you need to manage your development team and your operational aspects of your project to make sure that that keeps going and that the stakeholders are managed in the correct way um, and you know a lot of that comes down to communication as well so making sure that um, those stakeholders get regular updates about how the project's going um, so that they understand what's being delivered and that any red flags for them can be raised um, far in advance and then I think you know the other aspect of being a project manager in interact to consumer is that it's uh, it's a lot more than kind of your traditional um, project management role. You know, yes, you are managing budgets and <clears throat> and scope and and schedule, 
but you're you're solutioning a lot as well. You know, you're you're problem solving. You're trying to find um, a way to deliver a solution that's compliant that that can actually work. Um, so there's a lot of that involved as well. Um, so there's a lot of things you have to try and cover, um, I guess. So. And that's to align all the different stakeholders. But I guess on companies that might be direct consumer first, though, they may have the opposite problem, right? In that they just there's nobody to check off with because they just want to get going into their kind of business. So how how do you manage that kind of aspect? Yeah, and and that actually comes up a lot, um, both with with small companies that might not have the resources. Um, to to scale up a, a D2C uh, solution and then also even larger companies that are kind of wanting to do direct to consumer but there's a lot of other things going on in the business a lot of other channels to support so yes a lot of the time you work with teams that don't have the depth of the resources um, so I've been very lucky that um, you know, I've worked through my career that with a really good strong network of people um, that have specific skills in in this area, and they understand all the aspects of D2C. And um, also, you know, at Commerce Centric, we we work with a lot of um, a lot of international experts, people who know a lot about this field, about specific aspects of this field um, in D2C. So that's um, a lot of the time. I that's what you have to deliver to help these organisations actually realise a D2D, D2C solution um, because typically there, there isn't the resources available. Um, so that that's really, that's where we've seen a lot of success delivering um, D2C projects is just bringing that expertise on board, bringing that experience and combining that into a very well oiled uh, delivery uh, process. Mm-hmm. And before that kind of process kicks off, what should brands be thinking about considering before building their DTC e-commerce solution? Yeah, um, well, first of all, they should actually ask the question, is this, is this the right time to do this? Um, if we are doing it, what do we need to leverage internally uh, to, deli- to deliver DTC? What will we need from external parties? How are we going to coordinate? Uh, these external stakeholders to deliver what uh, what we need, and yeah, a lot of the time I've I've worked with clients even before we get to you know working on building a solution, we actually talk about the business side of things and understand how D 2 C could actually happen for that organisation. Um, you know, drawing up a, a a roadmap that will get them what they need. Um, uh, so really thinking about things strategically, uh, thinking about what DTC means for them and thinking about what the potential of that is for them. Um, and a lot of that involves, you know, uh, doing some competitive analysis, doing some marketing analysis and actually delivering that as a project, um, you know, delivering them something that can actually help them make a well-informed decision about how then the solution will be built. Um, so, yeah do a lot of that as well with, with a lot of organizations up front. And I suppose that conversation has changed quite a lot over the last you know, 15 odd years that you've been engaged with you know, stakeholders in this area. What, what kind of change have you seen through that period of the last 15 years? Um, yeah, it, it, a lot's changed. I think 15 years ago, if you, if you looked at kind of the, uh, 
the top 100 companies in the world, um, it, it's changed a lot since then. And um, organizations that don't um, move quick enough um, will, will, will fail um, because we're, we're in a much move, uh, quicker moving market. So um, in today's market, delivering D2C, it's very important to have a very agile approach. You know, Deliver quickly, understand what your minimal viable product is, um, and then build from there. Um, in the past, it was more of a waterfall approach to that. Like we would sit down with clients, they would talk about what they want, and then we would you know, deliver this huge project that would take a long time to build. You'd be actually putting everything in, in one go. Um, and then that obviously presented a lot of risk. In today's um, delivery process, where we are in 2020, uh, it's, it's far more agile. Um, you have all these different functions in D2C that are separate um, and may be delivered, you know, taking Shopify for an example, you may have these different things delivered by separate apps. Um, you may have um, different um, teams that want to deliver different things at different times. So you have to move quite quickly. And, and getting back to the point around kind of life cycle of organizations, you, you need to be able to adapt pretty fast to the market. So you need to build solutions that can be can be updated and constantly evolve uh, to ensure that you're kind of keeping in line with what the customer needs. Um, so that has had a direct impact into how we deliver projects um, these days, how we look at kind of a, an organization's roadmap, um, what we're going to deliver, when we're going to deliver it, and have that open to change um, in quick iterations. And yeah, making sure that you get things to market quickly as well. So that, that's really what, what has happened, I think, over the past 15 years. And personally, I get the feeling that that, that agility, that speed is just increasing as well. I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but I mean, what's yeah. your feeling for what the next 15 years? I mean, 15 years is maybe a long time to look into the future, but maybe you know, the next five to 10 years at least, what's your expectation of how things will progress yeah, I think there'll be a lot more uh, joined up um, delivery of solutions, um, both online and offline. I think, you know, today we have these separate barriers between what customers do online and, and what they do, um, like in store, for example. I think particularly in retail, retail is going to have to change a lot, um, perhaps to more of a concept store um, type setup um, that's tied into online. I think. Um, when we deliver solutions, we're going to have to think a lot more about, you know, augmented reality, for example, you know, particularly in fashion um, and apparel. Um, I, I think that's going to play a lot um, into the solutions. So a, a lot more technology is going to come on board. Um, we will see a lot of changes in payments, I think. I think um, the traditional forms of, you know, paying by credit card, we've, we've already seen that change a lot over the years, you know, alternative payment methods, um, different ways that, that customers can pay. Um, I, th I think that will be a lot more, um, a lot more different, a lot more choice. Um, so you're going to have to build in a lot of things into the solution. And, and you may have, you know, today you, you might have a thousand different directions that you can go and you deliver a solution. As time goes on, there's going to be, you know, 100,000 different directions you can go. 
So it's going to become even more of a building block process, a lot of different threads that you have to tie in. Um, so I think as time goes on, I think there's going to have to be a lot more organization around how you deliver a project and really understanding how best to use the technology that's available, how best to use the people and how to get it out quicker. Um, so it's only going to get, it's, the iterations are only going to get quicker and the, um, the, the options available to how you build your solution is going to get greater as well. So there needs to be more management around that. And so on the back of that then, how do you manage the competing, you know, DTC projects or uh, pieces of work within the the work stream, you know, what and the, and deal with that within the you know project constraints. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. Uh, you know, when we look at any project that you deliver, um, there's there's really four things that are going on. You've got you've got to manage quality, um, you've got to manage the cost, the budget, um, you've got to manage the t the timeline. And you've got to manage the scope. Um, now, there's always a trade-off between those things to get a project delivered. Um, but I think that there's some very unique things about D2C, um, actually. Um, a D2C solution, quality is very, very important. Um, you know, that's the only connection between that brand and the customer directly. And customers coming to D2C want to get quality. They want to feel part of the brand um, and they want to feel good about buying directly from uh, from the business. So, you know, quality cannot be comp uh, compromised um, in D2C delivery, I think. So that constraint is very fixed um, in my mind. Um, and everything else kind of moves around that. So scope, yes, very important. Um, but obviously we talked about um, the ability to deliver quickly. So really um, in D2C, um, brands should really be thinking about what, what is the minimal viable product uh, to deliver? What can we actually get out and how can we iterate on that to improve and enhance it? Um, so a lot of flexibility on the, on the scope side um, and schedule is very important because you obviously want to get the competitive edge. You don't want to take months delivering a solution and then everything has changed, right? Customers' tastes have changed and then you, you suddenly have to rethink what you're delivering. Um, so there's, there's, there's a trade-off there with schedule um, and then cost. Um, so I, I think in today's market, yes, you could go and you could build a, a store in an hour that's not going to cost you a lot of money, but will it be effective? Probably not. Um, yes, you can invest more money, um, and that would get you more, um, a more viable solution um, that's going to be more profitable in the long term. Um, but then with that, obviously, you want to deliver quickly as well. So I think the key takeaways from this really is that quality is like non-negotiable, particularly in a DTC project. You can't kind of cut back on quality to deliver quicker. Um, schedule is very important because you need to get things out fast. Scope, you have to think about what you're delivering, what your customer needs at this moment in time. And then cost, you have to spend. Um, and to deliver something that's going to give you a good return on investment, then you really have to invest the, the money into that. Um, 
And obviously, the cost that's involved in D2C, you will get a higher return um, because the the margin that you're going to get from that of going direct to consumer um, it will mean that, that that return is much greater uh, as opposed to other channels. Um, so these are the things that you've you've got to think about when you're delivering. And um, I think it's really important to understand that there is trade-offs with that. Um, so if you if you want to deliver quick, then you're going to have to make sure that your scope is is accurate and can be delivered in that timeline. And um, if you want to kind of have a, a solution that's going to be successful, um, you really need to think about your budget and how you're going to spend that uh, to really make a success out of that uh, that business model. I mean, you talked about quality quite a lot through um, that last section there. So just to explain a little bit in more detail how to to manage quality through the delivery process. Yeah, um, I think the thing that's very important here with D to C is that um, as you're delivering the project, quality should always be at the forefront of your mind um, because it's so important to this, this business model. Um, so what that means is as you are building, you really need to engage. What, what I do is I engage with the clients as I go along. I, I, I demo what we are building. I make sure the right people are seeing that and they're seeing the solution develop. So questions can come up um, right away and we can address any concerns, any issues. And if changes need to happen, then we're making those before we get too far into the build. Um, so I think it, it has to happen from the moment that you start building, uh, keep everyone engaged, show them what they're doing. Um, and yeah, I think um, the other thing is to make sure that the right people are exposed to the solution that's been built. Um, I, I think one of the things that comes up a lot um, in D2C um, when I work with clients is that a lot of focus is actually on the, the front end about how the site looks. Um, and a lot of the user acceptance testing um, that clients will, will initially focus on is like, okay, this looks good in mobile, this this page is a little, the alignments off, or can we move this around, can we change that? Um, which is very important, um, obviously, because the customer is going to see that. But also what's very important is these things that are kind of under the iceberg, um, these things that are very important to the solution um, that need to be tested. So you need to test your payment methods. You need to make sure that you're collecting your taxes correctly. You need to sure, make sure that you've got correct legal compliance in place. Um, you need to make sure that you're, it's all tied up with your fulfillment, um, that you're actually able to get products out the door uh, efficiently and, a, and in a good way, um, that it's tied in with your CS tools. Um, there's a lot of stuff that sits behind that. So one of the things I always do with um, brands is that we sit down and we figure that quality plan out in advance and we figure out what we need to test um, and before we go live we'll always do like a golden order um, where we use a real um, life payment method we follow the order all the way through the flow um, make sure that it gets fulfilled we make sure that the cancellation process is efficient um, so all the touch points within the business are tested. Um, and I think that's what really makes D2C uh, unique as opposed to any other uh, type of e-commerce delivery. Um, 
this idea of the the iceberg. So over the water, you you see you you see the top of the iceberg, which is kind of the site, and and you see how that is designed and how it looks and feels. But the the iceberg actually goes deeper into the water, and and underneath the water is ninety percent of the iceberg, and that, and that's your fulfillment, and that's your your tax, your um, your compliance, your all of these things. Um, so it's really important to look at everything holistically. So that's that's really the focus of my effort when I work with brands is to map that out in advance, make sure it's nailed down, and then you have a really successful launch and uh, you immediately uh, see the benefit of of the solution when it goes live. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talked about you know these things that you have to be aware of under the ice under the iceberg rather that you talked about there. So what what kind of risks do brands face when they're delivering a new DTC project? Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of them. Um, first of all, you know, from a, a customer point of view, you've, you've got a you've got a fraud risk. Um, you have to make sure that um, that's managed. Um, and then also with data. Um, so there's actually benefits of data for customers um, or, or brands that are going direct to consumer. Uh, that you now have an insight to these customers and 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 how they behave with your site, but but also you you have, you now have a legal responsibility of managing that data accurately. Um, so you really need to go with a solution that's that doesn't have any holes. Um, we do a lot of um, uh, penetration testing on on the front end, and some really good tools that I've used over the years to to help make sure that the solution is secure. Um, so that's very important. Um, and then also everything that happens after that sale. Um, I think the, the big difference to D2C here is that, um, you know, you are the seller of that product. Um, if the customer is not happy with the product um, or they're not happy with um, how the experience has been, it, it goes directly back to, to you as the brand. Um, so that's really important. Like, from a legal perspective, but it's also important from like a brand uh, perspective and, and how customers perceive your brand. Um, so there's a lot of risk in that as well. If, if you if you have a solution that has holes in it, then the, the customers who want to go D2C are immediately not going to be very happy with that um, because they're buying into, into a quality product and a, and a quality solution. Um, so those are, those are really big risks. Um, that need to be managed, and yeah, we, we've we've done a lot of projects now over the years that you know we know what to look out for. We know what the important things are that need to be considered before you uh, before you get your projects up and running. Um, so yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about uh, DC, and obviously people tend to concentrate on the actual product itself, the e-commerce site and, you know, the technicalities of that. But DTC is generally all about people, um, either that being customers or internal people. Um, and stakeholder management tends to be a big piece of, of project management. Why, why is stakeholder engagement so important for the DTC project? I, I think stakeholder management is really important because you've got all of these departments within the business um, that need to be aligned on what D2C means. Um, I've worked with some clients that haven't been that aligned internally um, and may have had different ideas about what the solution is going to be. And then, you know, we 
we get towards the point of delivery uh, and putting it live and there's a lot of change because there's these conflicting interests. Um, so I think that's really important to have that up front um, to manage that communication process. And I, I do a lot of that. Um, you know, I work very closely with development teams, but then I also work with the, the stakeholders in the business, the people that are higher up in the business to make sure that they understand what's being delivered. And I think that's really the key to making sure that DTC is successful, um, is that everyone believes in it as a solution. Um, and sometimes that can be hard. Um, you know, people don't like change as well. Um, so you're actually managing stakeholders through a change process um, a lot of the time. Um, they may have traditionally relied on their, their normal channels, um, retail, for example. And this is kind of a process of making sure that they believe in it. Um, and when that happens, then you get a really successful solution that's delivered that really works well for, for the business that can be enhanced and really improved over time. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, on top of that as well, it's, it's about presenting the right communication. Uh, you know, as a project manager in D2C, you have to do a lot of filtering of, of, of information in the sense that you may have a technical challenge um, or you may have a technical opportunity um, and you need to make sure that someone in, in, in marketing understands that challenge or opportunity, someone in um, finance understands it and a lot of the time you have to make sure that that's presented to them in the right way, that they get the right information. So that's very important as well um, to make sure that people don't see a technical question and misunderstand it or, you know, maybe get glaze over and, and don't quite understand what it's about or what it means for them. Um, so I do a lot of work with stakeholders to make sure that they, they really understand uh, technically what's being delivered. And then also, you know, the reverse of that as well. The, the technical development teams, um, we, you know, I work with some really good people in that area that, that understand why businesses are asking for something and understanding how to ask the question as well. Because a lot of time, you know, we, we'll get a question that's like, I want to build, I want to build the site this way. Um, you know, I want to make all the buttons blue. Okay, so why do you want to make the buttons blue? And and you have these conversations around technical detail, understanding why they want it that way. Um, but then also some of the bigger you know, challenges that are under that iceberg as well, logistically, understanding why you need to present um, payment methods in a particular way or shop or, or shipping methods in a particular way on, on, a, on a billing form. Um, you know, those are all questions that you need to align. And um, yeah, a lot of my work is involved in that alignment of, of, of all the stakeholders and making sure that that we can deliver effectively and everyone's on the same page. Now, of course, um, Commoncentric's uh, an internationally dispersed team of people. You know, we have people all across the world um, for various different reasons, but, um, you know, we're mainly to, to find the best resources we can throughout the globe. But what do you think the role of international project resources play within, you know, a DTC delivery process? Um, they add a lot of value. Um, of course, you know, we have um, the traditional advantages of an international team in that you may have different people in multiple time zones, which is great um, because you can then 
follow the sun in your delivery process. Um, so that really helps deliver fast. You know, we talked about getting to market quickly and um, you know, changing customer needs and the speed involved. Um, but then you also have all this regional expertise. Um, for example, you know, South America will have a lot of different payment methods. Like we might have experience in that area that can help understand how the solution is going to be built. And then, you know, there's even differences. Um, you know, I'm lucky to have spent a lot of time living in Europe and, and the US. There's a lot of difference around how your solution works from a compliance perspective. Um, you know, the, the stricter regulations in Europe around data and you know, GDP, GDPR responsibilities. The US has, has different requirements about that. Um, so I, I think it's very important when you have people in those different regions understanding how things, how things work. Um, and then that really adds value. I mean, at Commerce Centric, we can go in and, and we talk to clients and really give them that local perspective about how things work. I think um, a lot of the time it's it's human nature to make a lot of assumptions um, about how something will work in a country. Um, and um, a lot of time that's not true. I mean, you obviously have technical differences, you have legal differences, but then you also have cultural differences as well. Um, you know, how much a certain payment method is used in one country versus another. Um, you know, in mainland Europe, we have a different set of um, payment methods that would be available in the US, for example, um, or even in, in Southeast Asia, you know, really innovative forms of payments. Um, in, in, in Russia, for example, it's, it's a whole set of different things there that require a lot of compliance as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, I think it adds a lot of value. Um, and I think uh, clients who've worked with us gain a lot of a lot from that, um, just to kind of get that expertise and local knowledge. So, I mean, you, you talked about it a little bit there. What, one of the other big reasons for going D2C is that you can pick and choose to enter new markets, um, but that's not without its risks and challenges, right? And you did talk about a couple of them there, but what do you think the, the big challenges are for brands when they, they enter a new market? Uh, when when they get, when they go global, was that the, the, end yes. of the question? Yeah, Phil? yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's understanding how those markets actually work. Um, so a lot of what we offer is when we talk to clients up front, maybe they're thinking about going direct to consumer. Um, we'll talk about you know what the current conditions are in that market, um, what customers need, and then you bring that into your overall delivery roadmap. Um, you understand what the priorities are. Um, we work with clients a lot that may get their English sites up and running, and then they might go after the, the main Euro European markets. And then as things develop, then they go into these more specialized markets, you know, like Brazil, Russia, China, for example. Um, and yeah, that's what we try and do up front. Um, to kind of mi minimize the risk. We understand, you know, when they should go into that market, why they should go into it, whether now is the right time to do it, um, and really give them a good insight into, into how those local markets operate. And part of that would be kind of covered off within a, within a roadmap. 
um, for a rollout, I take it. But what else yeah. do you have to do to deliver you know, an e-commerce roadmap? Yeah, so um, you have to sit down with the strategic people involved at the beginning. You need to um, understand initially the reasons why um, they want to do direct to consumer. Um, you know, that's a really important question to ask up front. You know, it, it might be that we want to understand our customers more. We want to understand what they do and how they interact with our, with our brand because we don't get all of that information uh, from our channel. Um, it might be competitive forces that are pushing them into that direction. Um, you know, other competitors have done this, so now we're behind or we need to kind of get caught up with them. Um, that might be another reason to go and do it. Um, and then there may be financial uh, reasons for wanting to do it. You know, th they've looked at the numbers and they think that this, this is really good opportunity. Uh, you know, the margins are going to be higher. Um, and yeah, just to kind of get them in there as well and get their presence more known is important. Um, and I think we're in today's market, you know, with a lot of, um, new brands that are that are starting up dtc is more central to what they're delivering um some of the older organizations um may have a lot of challenges about actually going into dtc they have a lot of older structures in place that may cause complexity they might have older technology um so those are the things that we would normally talk about up front and trying to figure out um, the best way to move forward uh, before the solution's even built. Um, so that's that's really important to build that into that roadmap then. Uh, so once you've understood why you're building it, why you're doing D2C, um, then that, that runs through your roadmap. And then comes into that is the prioritization. We talked about, you know, regional rollout. I mean, that might be one way that you address it that you go after the the if you're an English, you know, if you're a brand that originates in an English speaking market, you may go after the English um, speaking market first and then, you know, move out from there, depending on the complexity. Um, you may have um, internal ambitions about what D2C uh, will need to achieve that might be driven a lot from the marketing side. Um, so you'd have to consider that as well. And um, you know, Phil, from our, from our experience as well, some of the industries we've worked in, um, particularly around games, for example, video games, you have these um, big releases, these big launches of, of games, and you have to incorporate that into your roadmap. Um, you know, if you've got a big launch that's going out in March uh, of the year, and that launch happens every two years, then you, you need to really plan around that um, as well. And then um, in the um, physical product side of things, um, you know, we've worked with clients, um, we've had to incorporate um, Black Friday, for example, you know, so you're building up to, to that date in, in November. Um, and, and, you know, you need to make sure that's incorporated into the roadmap as well. So a lot of these external factors. Um, and then also, with our experience working in DTC, you know a lot about some of the compliance things as well that might be changing in future. There might be um, just changes to local fulfillment 
um, there might be more payment methods that are becoming available, um, changes in subscription models. Like these are all things that you need to uh, you need to tie into your roadmap. Um, so it's very important to get that up front. Um, otherwise, you're you're kind of firefighting, and you you then get a lot of change as you're delivering uh, your project um, or multiple projects. So it's very good to kind of get that up front and and to keep it updated as well. Because as I said, you know things change, so you may have to change your roadmap as well, uh, depending on external factors. And you know, a good example of that would be COVID as well. Um, so a lot of roadmaps would have would have been influenced by that um, event this year. So it's important that you keep things up to date and that your roadmap continually evolves. Um, you mentioned data earlier on, and I think people people tend to worry about data without sometimes understanding kind of which bits are which and yeah. how data plays into things. What role does data play in D2C delivery process? Yeah, so that's very important. Um, if we look at the solution that we deliver, um, so first of all, making sure that uh, shoppers are coming to the D2C site or accepting um, the cookie compliance, um, making sure then um, that when they supply their billing information in the billing form, uh, that that information is collected in a secure way, um, that um, the, the brand itself is actually compliant to, to have that data. Um, so there has to be registrations in place from PCI compliance perspective, um, a GDPR perspective, uh, PII, perspective in the US. Um, all of these things are very uh, important there as well uh, to make sure that data is managed correctly. And then obviously um, these brands will have an opportunity to uh, sell directly to customers. So marketing will be very interested in, in that data, but, but you need to make sure that you, know, you have permission from the customer to use that um, data for marketing purposes. Um, so I think that's kind of from from a front end perspective, uh, that's very important. But then from a back end perspective as well, you need to make sure that that data is is stored securely and that it's um, that there's no risk to that data. Um, and I think working with Shopify, um, that platform is really a solid um, way of managing that because Shopify obviously provides a way to build. Um, an e-commerce site, but it also hosts that site as well. And you don't have to get separate hosting. Um, so it's all in one place. Um, and the apps that are used in that platform as well have to go through a, an approval process to be to be um, whitelisted and to be allowed to be used. So I think um, that's really important as well. So it's making sure you do the right things in the front end that you've got Good technology in place that doesn't have any holes in it from a compliance point of view and yeah making sure that after the sales occurred that the rest of the the business uh, the other departments in your brand are, are using that um, that data in a responsible way um, so these are all important factors that um, you know brands in DTC have to think about a lot more now um, than previously if if you had you know, a retailer or another third party that was taking on that responsibility. Um, so, you know, 
going back to like the actual delivery process, it's very important that that becomes part of your testing as well. That um, from a security point of view, the solution doesn't um, expose any holes. So you talked about Shopify there, um, which is obviously our platform of choice. But why do you think Shopify makes a good solution for brands going direct to consumer? Um, I, I think it talks the language really well about how um, your solution should be delivered. Um, I think traditionally Shopify was seen as a, um, a kind of mom and pop type solution, um, very much small. Uh, stores, but I think over time it's really become to be seen a, a very reliable solution that, that enterprises um, are using today as well. Um, so I think really how it helps people is that it, it's there for everyone. Um, you could be a small a, a small brand that has big dreams and aspirations. You, you can you can get on Shopify. You can you can start with a, a pretty simple solution. Um, but then kind of the sky's the limit from there. Um, you can improve and, and grow that solution, um, you know, move on to the enterprise platform. Um, so there's a lot of scope to kind of get on that platform and, and to grow your business, um, you know, compared to other platforms which may be more restrictive. Um, you know, once you're on there, there's less kind of opportunity to, to develop and test and do different things with your with your site. Um, and I think as well, it's very, um, it's very affordable uh, platform to run. Um, there's a lot of good information um, uh, that comes with the platform. So a lot of good help guides. Um, so when you're up and running uh, from an operational perspective, you have a lot of information that, that that's there for you to be used. Um, and then some great apps as well that can be tied into the site um, to give you what you need and to make your solution work the right way. Um, and then obviously with that, the challenge is that you've got you've got a number of different ways you can design it. You, you may have a, a thousand different apps that you could use. And um, part of part of the challenge there is then actually realizing what things are important and, and how that technology should be used with your with your brand. Um, and that's kind of a lot of the work that we've done as well is to help with that education piece and and to launch the solution, to give the training, to manage that handover into operations, um, do some um, seminars on the documentation that's available uh, through Shopify and make sure that people understand how to use it then when they go live. So taking a step back from the the delivery aspect of it and looking more into the future and using some of that experience over the last you know 10 15 years what steps do you think brands can take to ensure their long-term success for their d2c business yeah um i think experiment and test and um iterate on your solution regularly um, you now have this this data that you're that you're collecting. You you know how customers are behaving with the solution, so um, really it should be an ongoing process of improvement. Um, I think back in the day, um, we'd build a solution that would be it, and it would you know that solution would continue for X amount of years, and then they might do a revamp after a while. Today, you you have to be ready to change quickly, and really get that solution live, but then 
also go through and test it, um, you know, try new things, look at the data, look at what customers are expecting, look at what your competitors are doing and, and really um, make continual improvement. So I think that's really where the big change is. And, and that's where we've helped a lot of clients as well to obviously get the solution up there, but then also provide that ongoing support to make sure that, that you stay on top of your game. Um, so I think that's the biggest, the biggest difference these days. Excellent. Okay. Well, finally, any tips and tricks that you can throw out there for anybody that's about to launch a D2C solution or a D2C business? Anything you can give them to kind of help them get a successful launch underway? Yeah, I think most importantly, you know, ask for help, get the expertise that you will need um, to, to make your solution a success. Um, typically in your organization, you might not have all the answers. Um, at Commerce Centric, we obviously have a lot of expertise in this area. So really think about that. Think about working with people that have gone through this many times before that can help point you in the right direction, that can get you scaled up quickly, efficiently um, and you know delivering a quality solution that will work well so i think that's really the important thing to think about um, the other thing yeah just don't be scared about all that's involved you know there's expertise we have a lot of expertise here that can help you with that um, and if you are in the organization you know and and you and you really want to do dc and, and you're trying to win people over you know, think about that as well. Think about what we can do to help you. Um, we, we can obviously talk to you a lot um, at the beginning to help you plan your journey, help plan your vision. Um, so really don't be put off. I think it might seem daunting uh, and it might also seem like you've got this mountain to, to get over in terms of, you know, getting off a legacy technology system or getting people on board or getting the right processes in place you know we've had a lot of experience doing that so you know don't fear it um and yeah um reach out and and let us help you michael fox thank you so much for coming on the dc leaders podcast if anybody would like to hear more from michael just let us know and we can bring it back on to have some more in-depth discussions about DTC delivery and the DTC process. So once again, thanks, Michael.